Welcome to Aim High, Grammar Kingswood's alumni podcast. In this podcast, you'll hear from the voices of students, alumni, staff, and faculty who embody the values of the Cranbrook community. This episode is brought to you by alumni.fm, a CK alum podcast production company with a mission to connect people through stories. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hi, this is Kadir Muhammad, and this is the Aim High podcast. Today, we have the guest, the only, Anal Kishatrasha. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Q? I'm fantastic. I'm actually, I'm really excited for this because we haven't like talked in a couple of years and we were like really close friends in high school. And now it's, it's good to be like, get back in touch with you, see how your life's going. So thank you for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's definitely been quite a few years since we've really like caught up just everybody from our class. So yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, essentially, Anamika, we like, we were in the same class, so we graduated in the class of 2016. So quick question, actually, before we get into it, someone like, tell the listeners about yourself. What do you do? Where do you like work on fun stuff? So I just graduated from West Point in December um, last month, and then I will be an armor officer. So I'm currently a second lieutenant in the army. And right now I'm in Georgia training at Fort Benning. So this is like our actual armor leaders course. So this is like how we learned to like work with tanks, maintenance, everything that leading soldiers. So I'm just starting. I'm literally starting in a few days. So it's going to be a little crazy after that. Are you excited for it? It's definitely going to be challenging for sure because we spend a lot of time in the field and being on the tanks and driving them. I'm a bit nervous, but I have a lot of friends that have gone through it. So definitely have their help and a lot of good advice. So. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm confident in your abilities to be able to just, like do this successfully. I'll, I'll be rooting for you. Thanks. I hope it'll be okay. It's definitely going to be a challenge just because this is my first real army experience since at the mm-hmm. academy, like we're all cadets. So it's, it's a little different, like the dynamic, but. Yeah, absolutely. I completely understand like why it might be a little bit, you know, nerve wracking at first. All new things, you get nervous when you haven't done it yet. And then you get the experience of doing it and then you feel better afterwards. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And then question for you, like how long you joined Cranbrook your freshman year? I did. So I joined for since the ninth grade. So I was a boarding student. So honestly, it was super fun being 14 and like moving out and getting my own dorm and roommates. And it was just an exciting time. I literally was thinking it was going to be like Camp Rock from Disney. Yeah, like a school full of musically talented kids that like pursue art and like all these different things. No matter what you want to do, like they have it for you at Cranbrook in some way, shape or form. So I was so excited to just like be out of like my small town. That's it's just too small for me. Like I knew I wanted something more than that. And Cranbrook was just like the perfect opportunity. Only an hour and a half away so I could still go home. And it was just great for me at that age. And I'm so glad I went. All the experiences definitely wouldn't take it back. It was definitely hard to adjust being there, but I loved it. That's awesome. I heard a couple of points I want to elaborate on later. But my first follow-up question after that was, uh, what made you want to join Cranbrook, the Cranbrook community? Was it a parent's decision or did you want to go? I think my parents knew a couple other parents that had their kids go and that really enjoyed it. And they brought it up to me. We went to their version of like an open house where we saw the campus, where I'd be living and like what the school has to offer academically and musically. And in middle school, I was always, I guess, like top of the class in terms of music, pursuing dance, singing, piano, played clarinet, played bassoon. I was like, 
for me, Cranbrook was like the perfect place because it was literally a music school center for the arts. So I was looking into that and I was actually looking at Interlochen too. It's like three hours up north from where I live, but that's like an even more musically gifted school. So definitely a little farther, but I felt like Cranbrook was definitely doable. So it was a big decision because obviously we all know it's an expensive school and it takes a lot to go there. But I applied, got in, got a little scholarship too. So it was perfect. And I was, I was so excited to come and just be in a different environment, not just be a townie, if that makes sense. But Absolutely. Yeah, I completely so, understand. Exactly. So it was great. But yeah, I definitely wanted to go as my decision. Parents didn't pressure me at all. Just another opportunity that came to me. So Absolutely. And I know you said earlier that Cranbrook was similar to Camp Rock, the Disney yeah. movie in the sense of, you know, everyone's super talented and gifted in some way, shape or form, which is like a thousand percent the truth. Like everyone was like either. They all had their unique strengths, I would say. Right. They had their thing. Exactly. And my question for you is, what was your thing in high school? I know you played, we were in band together. So I remember you playing bassoon, but you also played clarinet and piano, you said. I did. I definitely think bassoon was like my thing because I would play all the time, did private lessons, did camps in the summer. I did normal band, did volunteering, and even did orchestra too. So it was definitely my thing. And even did like the musical theater productions played in the pit. And that was great. Oh yeah. I, I loved that. it. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like I played my heart out for the four years I was there. Completely did what I wanted. Yeah. I'm not playing anymore because as soon as I got to college, it was difficult in terms of my career path, the army and music didn't really mix. And it's hard to do both. So kind of to like, you win some, you lose some. But Absolutely. Yeah, definitely bassoon was my thing in high school. So. Yeah. And it's interesting like how you went from music and like being your main passion to the army. You know, they don't seem like they transitioned like all too well. So my question for you is when, actually it's a loaded question, but what made you decide to join the U.S. army or military? Yeah, so... First thing I remember is like being at Cranbrook, I love the structure. Yeah, it was a little annoying sometimes, but like having that structured day and like study hall at night, it just kept me on point with everything. And I was like, I knew in normal college, no one's looking after you. You do exactly what you want to do and no one cares sometimes. There's no real supervision, but like in the academies, there's a lot of that. And I think I definitely thrive in like a structured environment. And I knew in terms of like my childhood, my parents immigrating from Nepal. This country gave me a beautiful life and I definitely am so thankful for it. I felt like being in the academies, going into service was the perfect way to give back. And it was definitely like a different path than I ever thought I would pursue just because I was never the fit kid. I was always like overweight or not good at sports, never was considered like coordinator, just remotely athletic at all. That was never me. Applying to the academies was definitely like a stretch. Like I did think I'd get in. It was different, but, and I definitely think out of all the students, I'm definitely one of the weirdest career path for me. Like I didn't even see this coming for myself. And I know a lot of people doubted me or definitely didn't think I'd go this route. Here I am. It was difficult. Like I didn't get into West Point or the Naval Academy. Like I applied to both right out of high school, didn't get in, ended up going to Virginia Tech for a year and did the Corps of Cadets there. And then got in the second time applying. So it definitely was like a mood killer senior year. Like I felt so um, disappointed with myself, like not getting into my dream school, watching everyone else get in like, Harvard, Stanford, all the Ivy yeah. Leagues. And I just didn't feel good enough. I think it's the Cranberg thing just because everyone's like the top. Everyone's super smart, but 
I eventually made it. Like, I didn't give up. I kept pursuing it. I knew, like, this is where I want to be, and I'm going to get there, like, no matter what it takes. So just kept working and working towards that. Yeah. And that makes me think you, in my mind, you're, like, the physical embodiment of the word grit. You just keep on going and keep on chucking along. Because I remember when we were in, like, senior year of high school, and I want to do the Army, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I didn't think you would want to do that path, but here you are pursuing that path. And yeah. can you explain to me, like, the process of it? getting into a school where it's predominantly focused on the military. So I know you had to pass certain physical tests, you had to have certain grades, all that stuff. Could you explain that process to us? Of course. It's definitely like a year-long process. It has its own very different, like all the requirements you have to go through. Like you have to get nominations from like your senators or like important people from your state or the country even. Like you can get appointed by the president to go. And I know some kids that did. And you have to go through that. Tons of interviews. You have to past this like certain physical test that has to be administered by somebody to like watch it and it's just a bunch of like small training your strength endurance cardio things like that and then obviously like good grades and everything but I know the academies look for like well-rounded kids so usually they take like a mix of everything but they definitely have their fair share of all-star athletes or like super book smart people or like people that have different types of talent. That was a tough process, but... I can imagine, but hey, you're on the other side of it now and you're better because of it. Very true. Yeah, that's and insane. They always say it's a great place to uh, be from, but not a great place to be at because I'll tell you, it's like living hell sometimes being at the academy. You have no freedom. You're treated... Like, they take away every part of your identity, every single part, and then you slowly, like, get it back each year. Plebe year, or that's freshman year, but every single year up to senior year so it's a process but yeah and then once you graduate i'm not familiar with the rankings i'm not sure if a lot of listeners that interested in the military know the like rankings and listings could you explain that to us like where do you like start off at right like how high can you possibly go like where do you begin so in the army there's officers and there's enlisted people so the enlisted soldiers you can join straight out of high school you don't have to have a college degree it's a little different the things they do they're more like skilled professionals and like a certain thing whereas as officers you have to be a college graduate and people do like ROTC from different colleges like they have that program or you can do like OCS which is like officer candidate school you can do that anytime in your life after you graduate college and like you just basically go through their basic training and then you become an officer or you can go through West Point which is a very unique path not many of us only a thousand people graduate a year and then in that case, we're cadets for four years, and then we graduate, and then we become second lieutenants in the Army. So as an officer, it's more about leading soldiers. So right now, as a graduate, I'm going to be training in my branch that I got, which is armor. So I'll be, like, working with tanks. So then I'll learn how to lead a platoon of tanks and the soldiers in them. And the soldiers are, like, the enlisted personnel. So they're, like, very trained in small certain skills if that makes sense. And like, I'll be a leader. So it's a lot about like leadership, having good morals, like basically being able to decipher from right and wrong and being able to lead others towards the right path when you're in harm's way or everyday decisions. Yeah, that actually sounds like a potential like stressful situation to be able to make the right call under pressure. And that's what we train for. Imagine. Yeah, like absolutely. We, we definitely um study a lot of wars in the past and like big generals that the decisions they had to make during war and what would we do in that decision you know what i mean things like that just like moral ethical dilemmas so yes that's amazing that's good stuff i know like it takes a lot to be a good leader you have to be able to properly assess the situation especially during stress which you know might sound easy like oh anyone can assess the situation but when you're in a stressed out environment 
is obviously a lot harder. What do you say Cranbrook prepared you well in a sense for stressful situations or leadership in general? I think it's just being as a boarding school, it teaches you like balance of life because it's not like for me, I could just go home and have my parents help me with things like I had to figure it out all on my own. It was a big jump being a 14 year old girl and like moving away and everything. So teaches you, you got to like grow fast and no one's there to help you sometimes. You got to figure it out. And so that kind of helped me a lot. I think a lot of things include like confidence. Even if you don't know the right answer, like you just have to be confident in your decision. And I think Cranbrook prepared me for that. Just like the structure and just making sure like you're doing the right thing as well. Absolutely. That's amazing. Because me personally speaking, there have been times where I, and it's only just myself, but I have been not completely confident in like my abilities or like in my decision-making because I just don't know like what the result or outcome is going to be. It's hard to plan something when you're not sure of the results. So when you're leading a group of people and they're relying on you, you come with a dot your I's and cross your T's. It's challenging, but I'm glad you're doing it. It seems like you're handling it very well. Thank you. It's definitely tough thinking about as much as I can do this in practice, like practicing confidence and things like that. It's when I'm really put in a decision that I have to make in the future that's going to be tough. What am I going to do? And you don't really figure that out until you're in it. So... Yeah, it's like a snap decision moment where this is the best path for all of us to take. Let's take it. And then you become responsible for the outcome. So it's pretty weighted. I'll get there. Absolutely. And it's all the time. It's a process. All right. And then my next question for you is, what do you think is the biggest difficulty being in the path that you're in? I'd say the biggest difficulty is balancing work life and home life because... A big question like cadets would ask officers that we our teachers are officers, like most of them are enlisted personnel. The big question is, when do you go home? I believe the army, the military in general, it's not just a career. Yeah, It's a lifestyle. It's a profession that you take on like with your whole life, whether you're in and out of uniform, you go home, you're still an officer and people look up to you like you, they can't take that away from you. You need to uphold those values at all times. Yeah, we may not all be perfect and everything, but we have to try our best to keep that up as an officer. But I think it's tough to know when do you leave work at work. We can't just put our paperwork down and like call it a day. You know, like we're dealing with soldiers and their lives that they're going through so many issues that we need to help them with, like potential soldiers that I'll have in the future. Whether it's like marriage problems, money problems, like we need to help them in that sense. So I think that's going to be the most difficult part because as soon as they get a platoon of 30 or 40 soldiers, I'm the person they look up to for that, for guidance. So it's going to be tough. Yeah. Is that like a lot of pressure? Yeah, because as a 23-year-old, like I've barely gone through life to help other people that could be even older than me. I don't know how to do that yet. And it's a little scary. Like if someone comes to me and I don't know with what, what kind of issue would I be able to help them? Like, would I be able to refer them to the right place to go get help? It's definitely tough to think about. So I definitely understand it because I'm not sure if this is the case, but are the people that are like older than you and you're still there? the next rank so they'll obviously listen to you but if they're older than you they might have that weird dynamic of like i'm older i have more experience in life where who am i to go to you with these problems yeah so the thing is enlisted soldiers they could be anywhere from like 18 to however old they're in my platoon but yeah i mean they could be like 30 40 years old and i'd be in charge of them so like age doesn't really matter it's just it's definitely a weird dynamic because like i'm definitely the higher ranking person even though there's like a very high ranking enlisted soldier, if that makes sense. For example, like a master sergeant in the army could be like 40 years old and like he'd salute me 
which is like really crazy to think about, but like that's how the army is, you know? Yeah. I've always personally struggled with the rankings and how to keep them all in check. Cause I never know like who ranks above who or who ranks below the other person. But thank you for explaining that earlier. Cause that definitely really helped out. I guess with the military and the army, you need to come correct in a sense. You need to make sure that your head's screwed on right, that you're trying your best and your hardest and you give it, you give every day a hundred percent. What characteristics would you say like you embody to help you get through this experience? If someone's like interested in joining the army, what would you say if you don't have these certain characteristics, you're going to potentially struggle? Like you need to make sure that you're X, Y, and Z. I think definitely um, from my personal experience, I think persistence and perseverance are like the two biggest things because in life, no matter what profession you're in, you're going to fail, but you have to get up and keep going because one, you can't disappoint yourself. Two, you can't disappoint the people that look up to you. And that is literally what the army is. Like you're leading people. And if you don't believe in yourself, then no one's going to follow you. You have to learn to be a good leader. And if you don't get up and keep trying after one failure, then, you know, you, you can't be a leader that way. Yeah. Because no one's going to want to follow someone that doesn't want to get up or, I guess, has self-pity. So definitely keeping that persistence alive, no matter how hard it gets, because you're going to have hard days in the army, like long days of being in the field for weeks on end. That's going to happen. And you just got to keep going. So that's the simplest way I can put it is persistence and perseverance to yeah keep going and i like that because that's also like just inspirational for like daily life too like it sucks yeah yeah not every day is going to be a great day like it's just not how the life works you're going to have tough days but no matter how many times life knocks you down you got to keep on getting back up and just because you have one bad day doesn't mean that the rest of your days are going to be bad exactly you just like, have one bad day you gotta shake it off and keep it moving yeah that's awesome thank you for that insightful response i appreciate that of course <laughs> so like You've been in the military for four years, would you say? Four or five years? Four and a half, yeah. Four and a half. What's like something you wish that could be improved upon in your field? As a whole, like in the army, are you saying? Yeah, because every field has its pros and cons. Right. I think... What do you think could remedy the con? Honestly, I've only seen West Point, which is such a small... It's not even like the real army, you know? Like, So I'd honestly say maybe efficiency because right now where i am which is also just a small portion of the army sometimes like things aren't getting done the way they should be or like it's not fast enough and no one tries to fix it or like sometimes people just don't have the initiative to fix something that's wrong whether it's you know a process of getting all your uniforms or maintenance on a vehicle some people just don't care and things don't get done so i think efficiency would definitely help and like maybe people that have that intrinsic val or intrinsic motivation to actually fix things rather than waiting for someone else to do it so yeah i'd say those two would probably be the biggest ones like having people with more intrinsic motivation and going hand in hand with efficiency of units but again i've only seen like such a small portion of the army so exactly yeah. and you'll be in the army for like you said it's a lifestyle so yeah. like it's not just the oh i'm gonna change careers it's a lifestyle that you said exactly it's not just a job it's my life at this point exactly so that briefings my next point is what are your future plans with the military like what do you plan how far do you plan on taking this is there a ranking that you're striving for is there like a certain goal that you have in mind or yeah what's the end goal for you i, I guess my contract through West Point, I have to do five years of active duty and three years in the reserves at the least. That's my minimum. But honestly, 
since I don't really know too much about the big army because West Point's so different, I kind of want to like test the waters. And after five years, if I don't like it, then I can always transition to a civilian job, go to grad school. Mm-hmm. And the army can always pay for grad school if I stay. Like I just have to do a, a couple more years in the army. So that's an option. Like I don't really know what I want to do, which I know like everybody says that. Well, I feel like there's just so many options. I don't want to limit myself now and be like, okay, this is what I'm definitely going to do in five years but i kind of just want to test the waters with my career in the army see where it takes me like there's gonna be so many different opportunities that arise but i'm definitely just gonna go with the flow for now and see what happens but yeah we'll see and like no one has everything like figured out or set in stone for like the future would you ever be interested in changing from the army to like maybe the navy or the air force what would that process look if you wanted to do that yeah so cross commissioning is definitely like a I don't really know the process and I know a couple people that have done it, but it's not really like a common thing because there's a big rivalry between Army, Navy and Air Force. The Army like quote unquote hates the Navy. Yeah, We have a giant football game, Army versus Navy, and it's just like, it's huge. It's like the biggest football game in college that most people know about, like Army, Navy game. But yeah, like we don't really mess with the Navy, I guess, like like in our mindsets. We think we're, like, the best. And I'm sure, like, the Navy thinks they're the best. Air Force thinks they're the best. You kind of get, like, sat on that, like, we're the best mindset. So, like, you don't want to go into another branch because it's, like... Absolutely. That makes sense. For me, I think Army's the greatest, most hardworking group out of all of them. Definitely biased. So, like, that's my opinion because, like, that's the career I chose. So, and I know the Navy thinks held in high regard. And I don't want to speak for, like, everybody in the service. But, like, that's, like, the typical, like, notion of, like, how people think. So... A lot of people don't really cross commission, but some people do career opportunities. Some people really like planes, so they'll go into the Air Force after like being in a different service or something like that. So, yeah, just depends. So that rivalry, I would say, is similar to Michigan State versus U of M. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. it's Michigan versus Ohio State. That big, if that makes oh, sense. Yeah. But... That runs deep, essentially. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. seen those games. Okay. So what would you say is your fondest memory of West Point or so far like your career in the army military like what memory have you had that you've had and you're like this solidifies my beliefs and my drives into joining this career yeah so i'd say honestly like this past summer we had to do um a field training it's called cldt it's like cadet leadership development training or something like that i can't even remember it but um we basically learned like tactics and learning op words which is like briefing like plans and like how to defeat the enemy like we're given this enemy situation like one person's like the designated platoon leader and one person will be like the platoon sergeant just like acting and we're in a platoon we just got to figure out like what are we going to do how are we going to destroy the enemy or whatever our task and purpose is like the culminating event is 10 days in the field like all tactical like we're pulling security all night it's not as hard as what we'd actually be doing in the real army but it's the training event trying to simulate like how it is I think it's just beautiful because like even on the 10th day, like I just remember we haven't showered for 10 days, slept maybe a couple hours a night every night. We're covered in mud and dirt and grime and like we still find like so many things to laugh about and have fun like with our platoon. And It's just something about that. I don't know. Like I find it beautiful and that we can still enjoy ourselves as like disgusting and miserable as we are. It's like the combination of like everyone's grit and the camaraderie in your platoon is it's like you're all going through a tough time together. So you have something to like bond over, which is really nice. Exactly. Like you get back and no one's even in a rush to like get clean again. It's very interesting. 
that's an interesting like aspect because I never really thought about if, you know, personally, I bet you if the average person like has it gone 10 days without showering or they're like covered in dirt and they're just forced to be in a situation that's hard, most people will be like, oh, I don't want to do this. But it's really special for you guys, for your group of people to be like, this is enjoyable for us. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad with, I'm here with these people even more so. It's definitely not enjoyable, but it's oh, yeah. like kind of, we have to do it like to graduate. Yeah, but you're enjoying the presence of other people though. Yeah, that's true. Like just meeting people, learning like how to actually be in the army, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. there's something about going through a not so pleasant experience with other people that you can bond over. Did you do the wilderness expedition in Cranbrook? So I did not, which is crazy because I'm like, that would have probably been like the best train up for what to expect in West Point. But yeah, you know, I, I didn't. I don't think my parents let me at that time just because like in their heads, they're like, why are we going to pay like a thousand dollars for you to like suffer in the woods? So I'm like, you know what? I get it. I'll just do it in college. <laughs> I won't. So yeah, literally, I'll just do it when I get to school. So yeah. Oh, like, I was thinking when you were explaining that, I'm like that. Sounds oddly reminiscent of the wilderness expedition because everyone's like, oh, they haven't showered for two weeks, but there you're outside camping. A little bit more of an enjoyable experience I'm picturing in my head, but still it's all oh, you're all covered in dirt and you're like bonding over that kind of stuff, which I think is amazing. And then I know in Cranbrook, now that we're back on top of CK, and you said earlier that you weren't like the most like physically fit person, but I remember you did rowing, correct? I did. Yeah. For four years. So would you... For four years, yeah. would you say like that helped you prepare your body physically for the army or not really? Did when you get to the army, did it was it like a completely different like regiment you had to follow? Yeah, honestly, I don't think it really taught me much about being physical, but it did teach me a lot of grit because I feel like rowing is just such a different sport. Like when it comes to competitions, you race your heart out. Like you give it a hundred percent for two minutes. It's almost nothing. I'm exaggerating, maybe not two minutes, like five to 10 minutes. Like, that's it. Like, you have that small window of expending like 100% of your energy. Whereas, like, other sports, I feel like you have to pace yourself, or it's a little different, like that dynamic. So, I think that prepared me because I did do crew at West Point and like we ended up doing very well our freshman year. We won the Dad Vales, which is a big competition, like in the Midwest. Oh, congrats. So, yeah. I remember the Craver coach reaching out to me, like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you and everything. It was, it was so like different for me, but, um, yeah, so I honestly, I think I gained like more friendships and I, I think I just really enjoyed that experience as a whole because that's where I met Maria and Nick and like Alana, if you remember, like Kyla and just super like fun, spunky people. So yeah, it gave me a lot of good friendships, but yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then my last question for you is what would you say is your fondest Cranbrook memory? Oh man, that's a tough question. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh man, okay. Sorry, I'm thinking there's so many. I know, it's just, it's hard to pick just one. Yeah. Gosh, honestly, I'd have to go with Junior Ring. I think that was like beautiful because I feel like it's such a unique experience. Like no other school gets like getting like a ring on your finger, getting like, you know, technically married to the school and having a special person put that ring on and like being in the church, everyone wearing white, like this only happens in Cranbrook thing. I loved that. It was so different. I don't know. It just, it felt good to be like part of that. We had such a small class and I loved it. It was just such a cute little event. And I don't know, something about it was just like really adorable. So I a hundred percent agree. That was a great moment. I really 
remember it was a, a fun day too because I remember like all the we did guys home yeah ours our ceremony was right after yours like an hour later after yours i would say so i remember that day like all the girls had to wear a white dress and all the guys had to wear yeah. the cranbrook attire you know the classic khaki pants white shirt That's the cranbrook so tie funny. i was oh rocking the cranbrook bow tie with the blue blazer or like a blue suit yes everyone did you're not the only oh, one. Oh, yeah, that's true that's true <laughs> i remember I, I learned how to tie that bow tie it's like perfection that was a lot of fun didn't we have what was like the formal wednesdays every week like, what was it called like dress dress day dress day yeah i was like trying to think i remember just so like such like weird rules like getting detention for like polyester pants or things like yeah, that like, girls weren't allowed to wear leggings or jeans or there's like i remember jeans yeah. day. that was a good day it's so funny like the things i think of. i remember like going through certain hallways when i used to wear leggings to school just to avoid the dean oh and, yeah because like, you couldn't like take the basement to my room instead of like going the normal way to avoid mrs peacock's office so. i completely forgot about that whole experience because you just don't, you didn't want to get caught like wearing sports attire or leggings, leggings or, yeah. It's just so weird, like getting in trouble for that. Or, and like you can rock it every day. You don't think anything of it. Yeah. It's so weird. Like now just wearing a uniform every day, it's like so much easier. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I feel like Cranbrook was like low-key a fashion show. Mm-hmm. I went shopping every weekend because I was like, I got to keep up. Everyone's just. Really? I feel like everyone just wore their like best attire every single day. Oh, that was not me. I was like getting by with what I had. I was like, you know, I'm just going to make it work. I was going to ask you a question about that. Oh, your boarding experience. How was that? Because I was a day student, so I came to school every single day. I, I did the commute, but you lived on campus. Like, how was, how was that? Honestly, it was fun, like, having, like, my own little room. And I was rooming with Hannah de Klerk. We had such a fun time. Just every room, like, just other friends and, like, just meeting new people. It just felt like you were living with sisters. Yeah, it's funny. My current roommate is Hannah de Klerk's cousin. Wait, what? Yeah, so I'm living with Craig and Hannah, our cousins. That's so weird. It's the universe, you know? The world works in mysterious ways, and I appreciate it. That's so weird. Dang. That's so weird. Let me tell you one thing. Okay, so I was studying abroad in Oman, Mm -hmm. in the Middle East, right? We went to the embassy for a day to, like, visit or whatever. And one of the majors, like, an army officer... He was a graduate from Cranbrook. What were the odds that, like, I'm meeting him in, like, Oman, like, the middle of the desert? Yeah, that's insane. So weird, but they're everywhere. Cranbrook alumni are, like, we're quite vast. Like, we cover, like, because that's, I guess, what a sense in this podcast is trying to capture the essence of, like, how diverse everyone from Cranbrook truly is. You said earlier that, like, Cranbrook's, you know, camp rock and everyone has their talent and their niche. And I feel like people really pursued their passion and that brought them to different parts of the world doing different things which is what I really like. I'm excited to interview people about because here we have people that are doing a whole slew of different things. And I'm excited just to talk to them and learn about their experience and see how life is treating them and all that fun stuff. So I want to thank you for being a part of that experience. Like, I really do appreciate it. Of course. I'm excited for this podcast for you to interview other alumni and see where everyone's at. So far, it looks like everyone's doing really well and like, yeah, pursuing what they want but i'm so glad we got to do this and i know you're doing well in chicago stay warm oh, out there too out it's cold today was warmer it was 20 degrees so i was happy with that oh so, my god that's I, I know. It's, no, no i thank know you. just three more months of this hopefully fingers are crossed yeah but yeah it was, it was good to talk to you and like thanks for doing this of course this has been aim high Kramer kingswood's alumni podcast If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate if you could take a few seconds to subscribe wherever you listen and leave us a five-star review. This helps a lot in getting the word out and making the podcast easier to find. 
For any feedback or guest requests, please send an email to robert at alumni.fm. Thank you so much for listening and catch you soon. Thank you.